Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? This is the CHGO Cubs podcast. Hi, welcome. I'm Cody, joined by Ryan and Corey. As you can see, no Luke Stuckmeyer. Yeah, we got Cody Del Stuckmeyer. Yeah, people are saying. Uh, Hi, happy Thursday. We have uh, a lot of nothing, but we're turning it into really important stuff to talk about. But we are. We also did talk to Julian Merriweather at Cubs convention, so that's cool. Yeah, we do have that. That's for sure. We Fun do have interview. that. Guys. Good interview. We'll share that later in the show. But again, we do have things that we can discuss. But first, everyone, please hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Give us the good ratings on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. I appreciate y'all. Uh, and yeah, but. I said that there's like nothing, but there actually is something like actual breaking news. And it's, it's that Nick magical has a doppelganger in this city. <laughs> All right. Or a second job or a second job. I don't, I'm not sure, but the white Sox hired their new play by play, like, uh, announcer today. And I'm telling you guys, <laughs> this is, this is the <laughs> biggest news all winter. In my opinion. Also, Brennan, if you're watching, I strictly started the show this way specifically for you. No, but. he's not going to mind this because you're not talking about his ability to play baseball. <laughs> so it's fine. But no, the eyes. If you're not if you're not watching, if you're listening on the podcast, like you, you should go check this out real yeah. quick because it's so what's it's, his, it's pretty similar. I don't remember his name. John Schiff. I, I don't want to say his his name wrong, but it, I, I Schiffen Schiffen something yeah. like that. He did uh, college football this past season. I saw okay. someone share a highlight of him calling uh, a game on ESPN. Does he sound uh, like Nick Madrigal? No. Okay. In my opinion, he did not sound like Nick Madrigal. But anyway, just a crazy, <laughs> like does, the craziest doppelganger. They look do look alike, seen. especially the eyes. The eyes, yeah. the eyes really did it for me. So the, one of the main reasons I did want to bring it up is because we sit in the office. We, we sit around the office, talk ball with the Sox guys. Stucky likes to bring up the, oh, you guys want Madrigal back? All the time, and now the White Sox officially have their new version of Nick Madrigal. <laughs> so credit to them. Well, I mean, if this was like a wrestling storyline, it'd be like the middle of the season, and Madrigal would rip off the headset, uh, yeah, and go play. <laughs> and, oh, it was him all along. <laughs> you know what meme I'm thinking of is like the Scooby Doo one where Fred like takes the mask off, yeah, and it's the same person. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's just some wearing the mask of himself. There's like. Back to wrestling, Sting when he would wear the the Sting mask and him, take yeah. it o- take it off, and it's just yeah, it's him with the exact same paint on and a mask. Yeah, know. 
<laughs> so Love wrestling talk. Anyway, yeah, we credit to us for getting some wrestling talk in here. There we go. I mean, you know, we can end the show with Royal Rumble predictions. I don't know. Oh, that is. Know. Brendan, is, Brendan doesn't weekend? let me talk about that. So it's yeah, this it's weekend, Saturday. right? Saturday. Oh yeah. my god, I got Peacock. I'm definitely watching it. I got nothing to do there in my go. life these days, other than to count down the days to Cody Bellinger resigning or watching old wrestling. Oh, well, and everybody movies. can root for noted Cubs fan. CM, CM Punk. Punk. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Patrick Cup of Tea, for sure. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, last night on Cup's Twitter, I, I didn't necessarily see, necessarily see it right away because I was at Northwestern Illinois game, but I saw on our Slack channel, uh, I think Corey or Ryan threw it in there, the MLB Network put out yet another list, the, 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 the list of top 10 left fielders uh, in the game today according to them and uh ian happ is not on the list he is not um so yeah, we right can here on screen on screen we got they went jordan alvarez brandon nimmo nolan jones brian reynolds Chaz mccormick randy Rosarena, lars newbar who i still don't know if is a creative player or not christian yelich who's dead to me uh matt walner who honestly he could be a creative player too i didn't know who he was until the until today and then uh, old pal, old buddy, Kyle Schwarber. Um, thoughts, fellas? Look, like I'm not I'm saying Hap's in the top five or should be in the top five or whatever. It's kind of weird, some of the guys that are on there that, like, aren't primarily left fielders, didn't play left field most – like, left field wasn't their most – played position last year and I guess like I guess part of this is projecting where they might be so like yeah if we're talking about Brandon Nimmo who didn't play much left base or left field last year um you know he's probably moving there I guess Harrison Bader right went to the match or something like that so he may be in center field so I'm I think part of his projections um but that said like Ian Happ being you know an all-star left fielder two-time gold glover now um, you know, he won 18 WRC plus last year, coming off a 120 WRC WRC plus season. I mean, Hap deserves to be on there, in my opinion. I'm not again not saying he should be top five or anything, but like even that 910 spot feels right for Hap, and, and yeah. to, to have him not on there, um, you know, whatever. Like, like I would say, the left field position isn't like stacked by any means right so there are guys especially if they are moving to left field that may have the argument for that but i think if we're talking about like the top left fielders right now not you know not projecting things out talking about where they're at what they did last season all that kind of stuff i mean i think i think hat deserves to be on there and it's it's kind of it's a bad look that he's not in my opinion this one isn't as egregious as like Nico not being on the fan list or being 10th yeah. at second base or Ozzy Albies not, just even not existing it, yeah. anymore. But I think I, I know I said this last week when I was in here and Scott said it in the chat earlier, like I'm almost positive they're doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying. It's in it's engagement farming. I'm like sure of it, like it or they're just insane. But I, <laughs> or I think they're insane. Th- That's this what one I'm isn't this one isn't super egregious. I would I agree with. Uh, Ryan, like I think Hap is in the top ten. Even just looking, like he he just 
he, he had a, a barely higher, just picking one person on that list. Mm-hmm. Like he had a barely higher OPS than Brian Reynolds. He had a better WRC plus than Brian Reynolds. He had a higher war than Brian Reynolds. Better defender. Like I, even just picking one single person, he should be on that list over. Like he just had a better season, I think, than Brian Reynolds, mm-hmm. unless you're like really looking at other specific metrics. But I feel like the ones I just laid out are pretty comprehensive for stuff like yeah. this. So I don't know. And like, yeah, I mean, if you, you know, I know that when he plays the field, that's where Jordan plays. But like, yeah, if you're going to include Jordan Alvarez, like, <laughs> yeah, he's better than Ian Happ. So I mean, maybe offensively, some of these names, like mo- a lot of these names deserve to be on here. Like, but Kyle Schwarber, like, we all know that at this point, like in his career, he's not a good defender. Yeah, he's going to hit you 40 bombs and hit 200 and strike out 200 times a year but, and walk at a really good rate and be really clutch for you in the playoffs. But is he, like we're talking about overall player. I'm not trying to sit here and say that Ian Happ is overall a better player than Kyle Schwarber. I think Kyle Schwarber has definitely proven more in his career than Ian Happ has. Ian Happ has had two really good years. Kyle Schwarber, you know, he's been doing it since, honestly, since 15 outside of, you know, maybe 17 was his, his worst year with the Cubs. But, you know, even last year when, you know, yeah, he hit like 200, but he was leading off for the Phillies for a reason, man. He gets yeah. on base. He does it. But, like, when you, you factor in the defense and stuff, it, does, it to me it's like, are we just talking about offensively or are we talking about overall player? And to me, Ian Happ is a better overall player at this point to me than Kyle Schwarber. So, um, friend of the show, Michael Cerami, had a really good tweet this morning. Um, he went through, like, the rankings for, like, left fielders from 2022 through the end of 2023. And Ian Happ has a 6.8 war combined the last two seasons. That's second in baseball for left fielders. Uh, his 118 weighted runs created plus, sixth in baseball for left fielders. Uh, 36 homers, set, that's second. 145 RBIs, that's second. 15 defensive runs saved, that's third. Uh, back-to-back gold gloves. Like I think he at least deserves to be on the list. I don't even know where you would put him on the list but mm-hmm. i just yeah I, I agree he deserves to be on the list so i don't know man they also put say suzuki on the right field list at a spot that we were like wow that's that's a little Hi. surprising so you know maybe this is them you know making a doing their Evening doing their thing to make out. us mad yeah to even it out no you know? yeah i it's again it, like like core said it's not egregious right like a lot of those guys in a not stacked position have the argument just but just looking at the numbers looking at what he's done the last year and two years uh it feels like, and then i think the main thing is a lot of the guys on there just don't play left field often <laughs> like jordan alvarez is number one and don't get me wrong if yeah. he was a primary left fielder absolutely he's he's number yeah. one but he played like 43 games there last year like that he played 70 oh, something at he was dh i know he missed some time too mm-hmm. so like he was knowing nowhere near qualified uh, as far as like to, to qualify for end of year end of season stuff mm-hmm. nowhere near qualified uh, with left fielder so it's like oh, i don't know what i don't know what what qualifies to be on that list and yes again like i said if jordan alvarez was a primary left fielder absolutely he's number 1 um it's just like the the range of like what uh, the range of what they're maybe allowing someone to be called a left fielder is pretty pretty what? long I, I, I do agree with everybody, though. Like, it, you know, the Cubs and I haven't done anything since they last did something three weeks ago. So it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's something to talk about. But, you know, the MLB Network is making these lists. They're bad. 
Ian Happ's a valuable player. That was my main takeaway. But as I was looking at it, though, especially like I replied from our account with a picture of him when he was doing the yeah. interview in the dugout show, gimmick uh, back in like, the, what was that, 17 tweet, or 18? The tweet that we sent. When I was looking through the pictures of Ian Happ, like one of the things that mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I had like a moment of like, man, he's been on the team like longer than I would have thought. And I was looking it up before we got on the air this morning and maybe other people have realized this and it just dawned on me. Six years ago, if you would have told me that even right now, not just going into this season and obviously as an extension, so this number will go up. Ian Happ has played more games as a Chicago Cub than Chris Bryant did or Javi Baez did. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is pretty crazy. If you told me that would have been the outcome in 2017, I would have said, you're nuts. <laughs> it probably <laughs> what, would have been What really happened? Pissed. Like, you are nuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that random? That would have been a triggering thing for you to say to me in 2017. <laughs> he, he just <laughs> passed uh, KB at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Haps wow. at 836 games played yeah. for the Chicago Cubs. Chris Bryant was at 833. Well, then it's crazy, when, that you crazy? Th- when you think about how much time he ended up spending when he went back to when he got option back yeah. down right like mm-hmm. he last um, but he's been there with and this he's like, like eight seasons now in the big leagues this would be his eighth season yeah i mean and like he that. you know like if hap finishes his extension he'll pass rizzo too yeah, like yeah. i never in a million years i never would have thought like that of that group guy. the guy who's gonna play the most games as a chicago yeah. cub mm-hmm. is ian hat it, it it is surprising but yeah i mean I, yeah you don't think about the longevity that he's had on this team and that's through and like of course he was going to make it through the last trade off or the, the the trade deadline the blowing things up right he was going to make it if not be traded he wasn't going to be traded just because he was going to cost them a ton of money like the last core was right they were all set to hit free agency at the same time it was going to cost a lot to try to keep all of them they ended up not keeping any of them whatever but like hap wasn't at that stage in his career where they needed to make a financial decision like if they were going to trade him it was because like 2022 when when he could have been a trade chip right a pretty yeah. solid trade chip on the market it would have been more, more of that for half so it, it makes sense that he was able to last this long and obviously he's gotten his extension uh in part because of his longevity and what he means to the organization um you know he's the the player rep for the players association for the cubs he does a lot of stuff the leadership qualities he has and overall a solid player um so yeah when you, when you think about it like it makes sense that he has lasted this long, but it is surprising when you when you say those names, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, considering like early on in their careers, we're sitting here like you know Javi and Chris Bryant, Rizzo, those guys are, those guys are gonna be there forever. That's the core. They're gonna they're gonna keep them forever. And now you got Ian Happ, who's passed all but one of them. Yeah, yeah. I think I, well, I was just gonna answer uh, Keyword's question in the chat. I I think so. In yeah. today's game, in today's I think game. he's worth twenty million a year. 3.6 war in 2022, 3.5 last year. Like, he's become a pretty consistent player. He's the type of player, especially on this Cubs team, when they lack those, like, big stars and especially the big sluggers, I think a lot of people will look at that and say, you know, is he good enough to be that person? And the, and, and he's not. But for 20 mil, I think the extension that he signed is very valuable. And, you know, look, like the way that he's done the work defensively, like he's turned himself into a very valuable player. Even if like I, I you know, he, I don't think he's a star. I don't think anybody would call him a, a true star like in this yeah. league or even in like the city of Chicago. I don't think it feels that way. But 
if you can have a 3.5 win player year in, year out, like improving defensively. And, you know, I mean, even at this point, he's 29. Like, yeah. that's, yeah, that's solid. I think you'll take that. These are his prime. Like, the, the extension goes through his prime years. And he's probably a guy who throughout the season will have himself in all. He's, he's probably like a fringe all-star year in the year to year, right? Like, he made it in 2022, um, didn't get the nod this last season. He could potentially get it this season, you know, depending on how things go. But he's like... What you're saying is like the value that he brings, twenty million doesn't feel like an overpay or anything like that for a guy like that. It's why like I've sat here and everyone in the chat has sat here every day this off season off season and has talked about how the Cubs need to add to this roster because if they do, then there's the guys like an Ian Happ can become even more valuable. Yeah. He could easily be could go from a three five, three six war player to, you know, have a random five war season because he's in a lineup that's deep and you know he becomes a guy that teams are going to would rather face than whoever that we're thinking, you know, like that, that's what I've always thought that his value is, is like, if he was on a really good team, he, we would all think, where was that with the cups? Well, he's looked at right now is, you know, a top three player on this roster as we sit here, probably right. Like top two, it's, that's just what it is. And it's not that, it's not that I don't want him to be. It's more of just like we know who he is and he has made drastic improvements compared to the beginning of his career. So it, you just he's just like you said, Corey, he's, he's not a superstar caliber player. He's a fringe all-star like you said, Ryan. Like they, they need some, some star power in there to yeah. potentially see him really yeah. take advantage of, ha- of having someone like that in the lineup. Yeah. It, I wish I could think of a player that – from the past that would compare to that. I, I keep wanting to think of just because of the same type of player, except they're not as versatile, but like Ben Zobrist. Yeah, that was the first one that came to mind. He wasn't like the the big bopper on the team or anything, but he was, a, you know, like and like you saw this last year, like Hap was very, pretty valuable in high leverage situations, even though like people point out the four times he struck out to end the game, or like whatever it was. But uh, like overall, it's pretty valuable in high leverage spots, and like that's what Ben Zobris was for the Cubs back when yeah. when they were you know at their highest caliber of team around. You know, obviously Chris Bryant, MVP, Rookie of the Year, Anthony Rizzo making All Star teams, Contreras and and Schwarber and Javi, and those guys coming into their own. And, like, Zobris was the veteran guy who wasn't the star. I mean, he ended up winning World Series MVP, but he wasn't the For who? Oh, um, mm-hmm. 2016, the Chicago Cubs. Oh. Did, did you forget? Yeah, I forget yeah. a lot. People, people do forget. I forgot. Remind, what, what were we just talking about? Ben Zobris, friend of the program, won the World Series MVP. Oh. For the 2016 Chicago the Cubs. Cubs. Yes, yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, he, well, he did. He won the MVP of the World Series, but he wasn't, like, the the guy in that lineup throughout the season but he was clutch and he came up big for them time in time out and i think um you know maybe hap isn't quite at that level right now but uh, i think it feels like a, a similar kind of profile of a player the cubs have sort of the opposite problem that they did at the end of the last run at the end of the last run they had true stars and sluggers and at times, obviously, a very boom or bust offense. And they were really searching for those kind of complementary players to fill out a lineup. Now the Cubs almost have too many of those, as the YouTube chat is saying and as we're discussing. Like, you need the guys that sort of, like, take that to the next level. Yeah. You need the guys that allow Craig Council now to move Ian Happ 
down in the lineup or Dansby down in the lineup. Like that was such a big point of discussion at the end of last year when Dansby was hitting cleanup or, you know, he had a really rough end to the season, which he admitted many times. And it's like, yeah, he's not a four or five hitter. He shouldn't be. He was hitting ninth for the Braves, like when they won the World Series. He started that World Series. I think game one, he was hitting ninth. Mm -hmm. And the Cubs have that sort of opposite problem now where it's like you have a lot of guys that really fill up a a lineup in a nice way but they're not that like upper upper tier of like true star like carrying a lineup that type of thing so that's the needle that we're all hoping Jed threads in the next few weeks or at some point but yes we are all still waiting for that and uh I, I didn't check your Twitter today. You've been updating on it. I'm assuming the Cubs did not sign Cody Bellinger today. I haven't heard. Okay. I heard we're, <laughs> we're day 116 okay. yeah. of how many days Cody Bellinger has been a free agent. Uh, I quote tweeted uh, Sahad of Sharma, uh, his uh, article he had at The Athletic today, just like a quote f- that he put in there. And, it's, and it says, league sources have confirmed that the Cubs' focus is indeed to add a lefty to upgrade their lineup there's an obvious name to fill that spot in Bellinger, and he remains the top of he remains at the top of the Cubs list of targets. And this article is a lot a lot of it's about why the Cubs went away from Reese Hoskins and and Michael Bush and all this. Barb, you should definitely go read it. It, it might actually change your mind about Michael <clears throat> Bush. Um, but I, I mean, it's it's just more of the Bellinger remains the favorite. I know John Heyman was doing his like Bleacher Report live stream within the last day or two saying that the Cubs are still the favorite. Like when, what, where, like it really is like Jed and Carter and, you know, probably John Heyman sitting in the background because he's Scott Boris's puppet. And then Scott Boris, those three just like finger pointing, man, like stand off the office. Like it really is. And uh, I don't know. I Bellinger, I, I, I'm going to, I'm staying on the hill. I'm, I'm, I'm staying on the hill. I've said it all offseason. The longer this goes, the more likely he's going to be a Cub. I'm not getting off the hill. Uh, but, you know, I guess to see a, a guy who covers the Cubs regularly put this out there, I, yeah. I don't know if that changes I, anyone's mind compared to like I mean, what, I've said that the same thing. Well, yeah, I know. But, no, it's – I mean, you're right. Like, the longer he's out there, the Cubs remain the favorite. One, as we've said all offseason, that he's just he's comfortable here, right? He's, he's got the year – of experience they enjoyed their time together and like you keep you, the longer it goes you see no other team is biting either mm-hmm. no team is jumping in front of the cubs to to overpay for bellinger or pay more for bellinger than the cubs want to pay like whatever it is like no no other team has has jumped the line to go get bellinger the blue jays went out and get kevin kiermeyer who doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. eliminate them from from getting bellinger but you know they're also like maybe they're they're a little less inclined to get him maybe is, is the right way to put it or the giants are kind of out of it too right the yankees aren't doing bellinger like all this stuff all the teams that could have got bellinger are out pretty much except for the cubs and any team that could surprise or jump into the race hasn't done it yet mm-hmm. so yeah it is like the more the more that we go on in this offseason with him not signing even if it's a, a shorter term term deal than what they wanted, it does feel that than what that what Bellinger's side wanted. Uh, it does feel like him going back to the Cubs, coming back to Chicago, like that. The percentage of that gets higher at least a little bit every day for me. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and uh, so looking at our YouTube chat, I would say uh, Chef Kevin, you know, is not all, uh, you know, I don't think that's a crazy thought. You know, he's saying that Bellin, you know, we're talking about needing to add stars. There is risk that Cody Bellinger is not a star, as sure. we've talked about, as everybody has kind of documented. When you have a guy that cratered as much as he did and changed his approach and and things like that and you know you're you're trying to make a, a different batted ball approach work a two strike approach work better for you there is a risk in that of course there is mm. like and that and that's one of the reasons that we have always called for and i always use this example even though it's like the most obvious example like you need the mookie Betts and freddie freemans of the world like those are bona fide stars yeah. year in and year out elite 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 top tier like everything you know 950 or ops etc and there's risk that of course cody bellinger is not that player but as we look at things right now the paths for the cubs to add offense to add left-handed power to fit the positions that they have there's just not that many great options and of course you're familiar with Cody Bellinger he's familiar with you so I think the potential for of course there is risk but the potential for him to continue being the player he was last year and I think improve upon that as he sort of molds into this newer version of himself is very strong and that's why everybody's advocating for them to do it but it's not unreasonable to say like hey like is that true star power if they add that is that really answering what you guys are saying of course there's risk in that um i will say you know what is brendan doing in here go to work <laughs> and also, I was about to defend Brendan because I was going to say, I, I know you shared it, I think, this morning, and Sahadev wrote about the comparison of uh, Bush and Matt Mervis. But if you go to Brendan and I, I think not our last episode, two weeks ago, Brendan goes through, and I think he has a thread on this on uh, Twitter as well, mm -hmm. the difference between Mervis and Bush, they are not the same player. They are very different players, even if the small major league sample the maybe overall results mm -hmm. look similar, yeah. but yeah. they are not hitters, they are not sure. the same player. Mike uh, Bush is a much more disciplined yeah. hitter. He looks more like a hitter that came from the Dodgers system mm -hmm. very much so than Matt Mervis ever did. Yeah. I will say this from the article from Sahadov today. The biggest thing related to Bush and Hoskins that I took away from it is that he bluntly says that the Cubs plan for Michael Bush to be the opening day first yeah, baseman. Yeah, he's playing. And so that's why we kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday. I'm, I'm not upset that they didn't sign Reese Hoskins. Now, there's like three other options out there they can still get. Justin Turner, Brandon Belt, and uh, J.D. Martinez. Mm -hmm. Those are – and I would say two of those three for sure could be a solid DH. Um, Turner obviously plays third, right? Uh I don't know if he can play third anymore. Uh, that's the only position I've ever seen. I don't yeah, think, I don't think he, he can do that anymore. They'd probably all be like DHs. I don't like think he even DHs. played third with Boston. Yeah. JD, JD Martinez definitely is like the D, a DH, yeah. and so is Brandon Belt. But, and Brandon Belt can play a little first. I know he has throughout his career. But I, I think that those one of those three could be an option as well to add depth or something that they can probably get on a one-year deal. That I'm, I'm, I'm Honestly, with the way that Brandon Belt hit last year in Toronto – I'm not. I'm not against it. And he's a left-handed bat. They have they have so many right-handed bats. Like they need some lefties. So I wouldn't yeah. be against a, a guy like Brandon Belt. I I don't. I, I'm 
I'm into Bush. I when you look at it, and I know how that sounded. Uh, my where I think a lot Sorry, of people's issue is is you'd prefer that type of commitment to a guy who hasn't proven anything at the yeah. MLB level when you've rounded everything else out. Yeah. So I, I think it's, you know, it's similar to like, it, not not the same player, not an exact comparison, but like even a couple of weeks ago when we were talking like, well, what if their big offensive signing was Matt Chapman? Like that's the only name they go out and sign because Bellinger gets a massive deal somewhere else. Like I think Chapman's a, a good addition and a good player as a headliner. Mm-hmm. Not, no. not really, not with where this offense is right now and what it really needs so I like the acquisition of Bush I'm very intrigued by him and like I said before like the amount of people who were really relieved almost that he was getting traded so he would actually get an opportunity like a lot of those prospect writers and analysts like very excited to see him get this opportunity which doesn't mean he'll succeed but I like the idea when you've added nobody else on your offense and lost currently your best hitter and slugger I can see why people are like okay like I wish they weren't going this route for first base at this particular moment in time unless they plan on filling some of the rest of this out in a yeah. significant way. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it, I think part of that is just the view that it's fe- it's almost February now and Bellinger still hasn't signed. I've, I've, I had Bellinger signed in December. Like, none of the negativity would be around. Or, I mean, definitely less of it, right? Like, Bush, no one would be negative about Bush saying, like, oh, this is all Ricketts is going to do, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be around. It's because the guy that they – that we we went into the offseason saying should be you know outside of Otani their top priority and is still their top priority even more so just hasn't signed yet and it's late January I think that just the the point of view of the time that we are at changes things because had he signed a month or two ago probably wouldn't be saying the same thing what happened over there I don't know. Something, All something. I know is the chat's cracking me up. And Barb, I'm not going to be angry. I just I'm trying to educate. You should really go. You should go watch Corey and Brennan's show. Like I know you don't like it that they're not live when they do it, but like the the episode they're talk that Corey added about talking about Michael Bush and Matt Mervis, they are not the same player. Batting average does not define what a player is. It just it just isn't. So at least not Nick Magical might be the only one. Sorry. Sorry, Brennan. Um, all right. We need to do some ads. You want to tell us about Midtown Athletic, Ryan? Yeah, and, you know, it would – I, I got to tell you, like, we we are at – we physically are not, but CHGO is at Midtown Athletic Club right now. The one out in Bannockburn, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, they are. Yeah, they're out in Bannockburn doing some live shows. We got our Bears guys out there. Um, our The CHGO podcast is doing that, so – um, some cool stuff you want to check it out, but I got to tell you, they have, actually have four Chicagoland locations. They got the one in Palatine in the northwest suburbs, Bannockburn in the North Shore, Willowbrook in the southwest suburbs, and Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. Uh, let me tell you about Midtown Palatine, which actually launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete in early 2024. So it's it's coming. It's coming right now, man. We are in early 2024 now, so it's almost there. Uh, and Midtown is offering no initiation fees this January at their Bannockburn, Palatine, and Willowbrook location. 
that Midtown's got something at the clubs for everyone, single people, families with kids, people looking to make lifestyle changes, you know, people wanting holistic wellness. Midtown Chicago is actually the nicest fitness club I've ever, I've ever been in. What was it, like six stories, something like that? Mm. They got, you know, yoga studios and golf simulators on one level, uh, you know, uh, a, a boxing studio on one on another level, weightlifting gym and all that kind of stuff. And they got the tennis courts, basketball courts, pickleball. They're, they're everywhere. It's amazing. Um, but let me tell you some other, uh, about some of their other cool club features. Uh, they got super luxe locker rooms with wet and dry saunas and premium amenities. Amazing outdoor and indoor pools and hot tubs. A collection of boutique fitness studios with more than 100 classes per week included in the membership. And they're not just gym quality. The spaces are actually boutique quality. They got the best tennis courts and programming in the sport. Midtown has indoor and outdoor tennis, pickleball, and paddle tennis. It's USTA professional quality all the way. Um, so go check it out. Let me tell you, CHGO Bears and the Chicago Sports Podcast is filming live from Midtown Bannockburn on up today, Thursday the 25th. Um, guests of the show are complimentary today. So actually, if you want to go uh, to the Bannockburn location, I know they'll be kind of hanging out, meet and greet, that kind of stuff, and, and just, just maybe chit-chatting about Chicago sports. Uh, so go check out the space and catch the shows. Head over to midtown.com slash chgo to find out more and to tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. Did you know it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles? That's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. So I, you know, I actually did know that. I heard that the other day. Um, but yeah, the electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So what should business owners do, Ryan? Well, business owners, listen up, Corey. You never know. You might you might know business in the future. You should listen up. Go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Uh, I was reading the chat. Did, did you say comed.com slash clean? You know what, Cody? I actually did. Combat.com slash clean. Go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. <laughs> Susie, what are, why are people, she says that I'm using baby oil. What is, what is she talking about? Did Barb, is Barb saying that you got it? Barb just thinks that I am like. Said, I bet Barb did say, I bet he puts baby oil on himself. <laughs> But she was replying to Carlos. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, because Carlos asked if you pose in the mirror at Midtown. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, no, I do not pose in the mirror at Midtown. The chat, and the chat, the, the chat, chat is not going to let Corey. Yeah, Corey's um, good. It's not going to let yeah. that one go. It was great. Uh, the chat is also <laughs> telling us that the Cubs and Red Sox are talking shop, which maybe I'll catch up on that. What was that? Who? Says who? The Cubs are linked to Ryan Stanek, according to Brady. Hmm. Um. Who also said that Justin Turner played seven games at third base last year. So thank you for clarifying. I, w I really wasn't sure. Credit to you, Brady. Um, maybe we'll look up that. Oh, wow. okay. That's from uh, Bob uh, Nightingale. Bob Nightingale. The Cubs and Red Bob. Sox are two big market teams who have expressed interest in veteran reliever Ryan Stanek. Okay. So is, is, is it spelled R-Y-N-E? Ryan. -E? Ryan. 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 Yeah. Is that how it's spelled? Okay. Like Sandberg, yep. Yeah. Okay. Ryan, yeah. Um, well... 
We're going to talk about the bullpen now. Bullpen. Good segue. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great segue. Uh, Our conversation with Julia Merriweather was great. Get got to listen to it last night before I went to bed. So uh, Luke and think Jared did a great job. And uh, Julian talks a lot about you know the difference between the beginning of the year and like basically the rest of the season after that and how he transformed. Right. So let's do it. Julian Julian Merriweather. Super excited to have Julian Merriweather here. Uh, I would call you an unsung hero of last season, but I think most Cubs fans know just how important you were to that team. You know, it was a, it was a great season for you. Julian, I, I guess the first five games weren't the same as the rest of the season, right? Like you can just separate that. Like what, what happened after five games that, that flipped your season around? I mean, that, that was definitely a, like a big reflection period for me. Like, hey, things aren't going my way. Maybe make some small tweaks. I, I still thought I had a good foundation of what I wanted to do going in, into the year, and just kind of getting back to, hey, what's really gonna turn this thing around? And we we highlighted a few things just with the pitching staff, and was able to make a quick adjustment, and kind of just the confidence and experience kind of grew from there. How much of that is just a, a product of you're with a new team, new organization, playing in a new city, where it's just a natural adjustment? I, there's probably no denying it because it is like you're everyone's a human and you you get out there regularly for the first time and it can really like take the breath out of you um but in a good way and like kind of learn to embrace that throughout the year was really cool just having the, the fans energy every every home game describe your first time at wrigley because i think ever nobody forgets their first time whether it's as a fan or a player or a reporter the first time you walk into that building there's no question it's different than any other ballpark oh man i mean yeah, seeing the ballpark itself is just like it takes you back in time. Like it, it, you feel like you're frozen in in a in a time frame way before you were here. And it's very like I get a similar feeling from Fenway. Like these old ballparks, they they have that like historic feel to it. Like where you get that moment of kind of awe being in it. And you know, being the bullpen guys, we walk out to the bullpen every game and we see the the crowds going crazy for us in the first. So it's just like a different experience for sure walking into that every game. It's not quite the Coliseum in Italy, but, but it, it is somewhat like that, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, you see it on TV, you've seen it before and you're like, Oh, this place is real. Yeah, man. It's surreal. Uh, so you had a new, uh, adventure last year coming to the Cubs, you come to the national league as Jared was talking about, but now this year you have a new manager and, and he's had great success. One of the things Craig council has been very, very good at is managing his bullpen in the past. How excited are you about you know, the new adventure with, with a new manager now. Oh, I mean, just talking to Craig and to know him as like a human is, is awesome. Cause he's just such a cool down earth guy. And then, yeah, we've kind of already like, he's not afraid to jump right into the deep end with stuff and ask us, Hey, how, how do you feel about, you know, everything with, with how the bullpen is. And like, he, he wants to get to know you. And um, I mean, former players that he's had, like they say nothing but good things. And especially from the bullpen, like that's, that's a great, great thing to hear when he knows how to manage it and everyone's you know, on board. And it would seem like he's come into this job knowing at least a little bit about you guys because of competing against you. Mm. Um, has he talked at all about like what he, you know, what he's learned about you from, you know, looking at it from the other, other dugout? No, like our first conversation, like he called me on the phone and he was like, yeah, man, the scout reports on you were tough this year. And like, he's giving me all the stuff that, you know, he was <laughs> dealing with, like dealing with our whole bullpen and, you know, everyone. And, uh, uh, it seems like he's super open and transparent and like I'm I'm excited just to learn a lot from him because he's been able to do all kinds of uh small little tweaks and, and things in, into the game that I think people might not see. And it's like I'm just excited to learn from from him and his experience. Bullpen was counted on so much last year. And I, I kind of feel like that's 
it's not a secret. That's the way baseball has kind of gone. Like starters just don't go as long as they used to, and bullpens have become a critical part of of the game of baseball. How do you look at what you guys are building right now and how you might be able to impact the 2024 team? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of nice having some of the, a lot of the familiar faces back in the group. I mean, a lot of the, I mean, for me included, I was, it was kind of my first time going through a full season in the bullpen. And then guys like Adbert and Leiter, like us getting through that whole whole season together and, and all the other guys that had chances and experience throughout the year, like just bringing that into this year is already like a huge, I think, stepping stone for a lot of us because, all right, we've already seen what we can do and we've already kind of established it. Now it's like, all right, we have, we have like roles that we know we can, we can come through for the team. And like, we all just kind of pull together as, as a bullpen. That's really great. And when you look at, you mentioned Mark Leiter uh, and the two of you led the team in appearances last year, you had the, the highest number of innings of any pure reliever. Um, number one, what, what has helped you with that kind of durability to be able to go out and pitch that much? And then number two, how do you prepare yourself to try to go out and do something like that again? this year yeah no i mean my career has been riddled with injuries and ups and downs and it's just about finding the small tweaks that kind of uh can get you to that place of for me it was health you know it was, it was always number one and uh it took a good good amount of trial and error but you know those things kind of add up over time and you kind of find the routines that are that are work right for you and you know i'm a big guy in the off season i like to you know, stay in the gym and, and stay on my throwing program so um have, having like a consistent stable routine for that is is huge for me Wow, I've never heard someone say that health and staying consistent is how they stay consistent in the season, like in the off season. You know what I mean? No, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he—that's a huge thing for him, right? And that was yeah. huge for him, for Merriweather in '23, because as he said, like his career has been riddled with injuries. He hasn't, you know, he didn't have a whole lot of big league time prior. Like with Toronto, he pitched 13 innings in 2020, 13 innings in 2021, and 26 and two thirds in 2022. So just he didn't have a whole lot of opportunity in the big leagues in part because, you know, he had his struggles at the big league level, but also because he was hurt a lot. And so like whenever, you know, we talk about Madrigal as someone that like, he's got something to prove, especially trying to stay healthy, right? There's guys everywhere that we've talked about plenty of times um, with injury history. They're like, okay, they have to prove they can be healthy. Merriweather was one of those guys, like even at the end of the season, when you know they lost Adbert, I think it was to a forearm strain. Fulmer to a four, to two forearm strains, I think, or or maybe they rushed him back or got or brought him back a little too early, whatever it was. And like Leiter had like back spasms, I think it was towards the end of the year. And he his arm he, was just done. Yeah, he didn't he didn't end up going on the the IL, but I know he had like a whole week in between outings at one point. Like Julian Merriweather picked up the slack. Like he handled a bulk of the back end uh, innings, especially at a time when every single game was felt like it was close. Like he didn't really get a break. Um, and he ended up pitching 69 different games, 72 innings and, and ended with a three, three, eight ERA. Like he was huge for the Cubs. And, you know, we talk about that being a, I think it was a waiver claim pickup in Jan, like about a year ago this time. Um, and to, to help him unlock something that not only made him pretty good at the big league level, but, um, good in high leverage moments and late inning moments and just durable. I think that was, this was that last season was a huge season for Merriweather. Um, just to prove maybe even like to himself that he could do it. Um, but to prove that he was healthy, he, and he could be a vital part of the Cubs bullpen. Uh, he's totally, I would say locked himself into a, a bullpen role for the Cubs right now. And I don't, and I don't think that's a problem. I think he's definitely earned 
a shot at being another late inning guy. I don't I don't know if I say a closer with him, but um, definitely a guy that like Craig Council now can trust in that bullpen. I think he earned that. My my favorite thing about Merriweather was that he had the high velocity, something that the Cubs really struggled to find, especially in the bullpen during like the back end of the golden era and then obviously the beginning of this rebuild. The fact that you got a guy who has that kind of a you know that kind of arm off a waiver wire off the waiver wire basically um and you threw him in the pitch lab and you know he said himself health and consistency uh, in the off season uh, really helped him going into last season so he's healthy going into next season i think obviously the i think the only real question for him is like can you do it again like was it yeah. a one-year wonder type thing i think if he is you know you know your your seventh eighth inning guy you're you're good i I'm I'm fine with him in the as a high leverage late inning guy, uh, an occasional day to close on if Adbert is you know had closed two or three straight days before that something like that. Uh, to me, he's as as re- as reliable as Albert Alzale at this point, like well, going into 2024. The other thing you love about him is the fact that he can hit triple digits with the fastball, which. I remember sitting on the couch during games last year and going back, and it was like not since Chapman in 2016 <laughs> had the Cubs have anyone hit triple digits with a fastball. So you know, pairs that with a, with a good slider, and you know, you know, we don't know what this, exactly they're working on with him in the pitch lab this off season or in spring, but like, I mean, it feels like he's starting to unlock things with himself. That um, you know, he's not a younger guy or anything, but um, could still have a, a pretty solid career, whether that's with the Cubs or not. Um, but yeah, I I think that what we saw this last year, and like you said, like it's something that can you do it again, right? And it's actually something that I think it was I think David Ross actually said towards the end of the season about Justin Steele, um, where it's like you had a great year, but once the next season starts, what you did last year doesn't matter. It's like can you can you keep stacking on great? Because it was talking about like you know kind of not he wasn't comparing Steele to Lester, but it was more like John Lester stacked great seasons on great seasons on great season and that's why we see him as a great pitcher then Dave Ross talked about Steele and it's like what he did last year was great but once he gets to next season it's can you do it again can you keep stacking that and become a great pitcher on your own and I, but I think that works for anyone like Julian Merriweather really good season from him last year um, proved something to the Cubs and proved something to himself that he could do it but he's got to go and do it again like once he once opening day comes what Julian Merriweather did last year doesn't matter especially when we're talking about bullpens because we know how volatile they can be like bullpen guys especially guys that don't have long track records of success as in the bullpen like you don't know year to year what you're going to get so like he's got to go and especially prove that he could do it next year and then once it gets to the year after he could do it again like like he's got to prove it but um it, it needs to be done and i think like you know whether that Nightingale rumor about someone like Stanek is true or I, I I do see the Cubs going that route it seems like the type of move that they would make just in terms of like when there's a discussion of hater that's just not how this team is operated if they wanted to really like over course correct and say our bullpen pretty much cost us if you're picking one thing that cost us down the stretch it was really the bullpen yeah and we're going to overcorrect for it. We are going to go spend a bunch of money. We're going to get one of the best closers. And that that's not really their MO. And I don't think most people wanted them to commit the dollars that way. If they're operating on a budget, that's not how I would do it. What did Hater end up getting, like 95 mil or something like that? 
It, yeah. it was, I know Something it was close like to Edwin Diaz's yeah. contract. And Only it, Godfather would, would I, want them to. I think, well, and, it, you know, usual caveat. I wish they spent $500 million, go get everybody, but yeah. they're not going to do that. Yeah. So I, I kind of look at that as when some people were like they're most pessimistic and they were thinking they hired counsel to try and make a lesser team better. I don't think that that's the logic. We'll see how the rest of this offseason plays out, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that's not going to be the case. I do think they might... They, they're going to continue their bullpen strategy, which they've been doing for years, and now they have a better bullpen manager. Mm-hmm. So I think signings like that, lesser signings, guys where you're looking, and I see it happening in our live YouTube chat where they're looking like, okay, Stanek was really good in 2022, but the numbers kind of ballooned a little bit in 23, and you're trying to figure out why, and the Cubs will figure that out. Those are the types of guys I see them bringing in. It might not be exciting, but they've cobbled together bullpens with worse players and worse bullpen managers, and now they have a better one. So... I, I think that what you saw with Merriweather, getting back to the interview we just played, is something I think they're going to try to continue replicating, identifying guys from other organizations that they can tweak or put into very specific roles because they have identified that as being potentially successful. Yeah. And I know, like, last year that, that strategy didn't go, like, as well as everyone had hoped. It, it sure as hell didn't go as well as I felt like it was going to. Because it, the way, at least the way it did the two years prior, but held the three years prior, I think it, I think they started going this route back in 2019, 2020. But I don't, I, again, I'd rather them spend money on guys who are going to impact the team every single day. That's, that's my, that's what I'm always going to think related to how the Cubs are spending money based off how we know the front office manages. So, uh, we got a, a, the second half of that interview coming up, but we got to do some ads. Um, Game time. I would have used game time last night, but Mark Carmen just gave me a free ticket. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you would have used game I time. I would have used game time to go to Illinois Northwestern last night in Evanston, but uh, didn't have to. Thanks to Mark Carmen. Shout out to you, man. But, again. Not everyone has a Mark Carmen. Yeah, not everyone has a Mark Carmen. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking most of you guys in the chat, like you can talk, you can listen to him talk every day on CSO Bears, but I, I'm, I'm assuming that most of you aren't friends with Mark Carmen uh, personally. So, you go to game time to go get your tickets for whatever. I, I, the Bulls, the Blackhawks, the Cubs, whenever the season starts. Uh, Illinois and Indiana play on Saturday in Champaign. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about going to that game. I might not since they're 0-2 when I attend this year. Um, game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals... All-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Uh, again, would have gone last night using game time, but I did not. I used game time a few months back uh, when Morgan Wallen came to Wrigley Field last summer. When I say a few months, I mean like six months ago. Uh, is super easy to use. And as you can see on the screen right now, Sarah is showing us, like it, it, you, you see a, seat, a seating chart. Uh, it'll show you like the best view that you can get, right? It's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in, par- all in prices show 
your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app now. Create an account and use code CHGO. For $20 off your first purchase, terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And uh, after you buy your tickets, you're going to need a way to get there. So you can go to Chevy, all right? Our partner, Ray Chevrolet, is ringing in the new year with their best offers all month long. Make your way to Ray Chevrolet on, on Route 12 in Fox Lake to join in on the savings and start your Ray resolution. As one of the top-selling Chevy dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest Chevy inventories. But right now, they're trying to make room for inbound 2024 models, so all their current inventory must go, folks. Plus, you can find the perfect tailgate vehicle at Ray Chevy because they have over 100 new Silverados available with prices starting at 19 $19,495. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, or take up oh, yeah. to $10,000 off on a new 2023 Silverado as well. Uh, to top it off, they're pricing over 125 vehicles under 20000 Seriously, guys, can pricing get more fo- affordable? Seriously, right? And then the my thing right now is that you can get a free oil change this month, Beautiful. right? Free oil change, when you mention CHGO, when scheduling your oil change at Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake, start your new year off right. Visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com to start your Ray resolution. They've been serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. That's my best Luke Luke Stuckmeyer impression. One, reading both ads. Two, the end of that ad. So doesn't he? I want to hear, we should get like... The soundboard that we have, like we get, Sarah's got little sounds. We'll just record Luke doing this. Whenever we miss, whenever he's not around, and we have that ad read, we just throw. You that just throw Luke up that. there. We yeah. do that with Sage Hill Bulls. Oh really? Because it's like Big Dave has his Bulls win. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Actually, yeah. I think I could throw that up. <laughs> I find that. Um. Oh, yeah. There we go. We need a Cody button. You know, okay. credit to me. Credit to me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Big of me. I big forgot. Of me. Jake just cleaned out our computer yeah. yesterday. None of our sounds mm, are in. Uh, Come on, yeah. Jake. Tough. Okay, so we got credit the last. We got like six minutes. I don't know how much of this interview we have left, but I know it was ten minutes total. All right, five minutes. So we have uh, ninety seconds to talk. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, so here's the rest of our interview with Julia Merriweather. So coming off that season where you pitch more than you've ever pitched before, you don't take extra time to kind of let your body recoup than maybe you had, or you just stick with the same thing that you were? It's pretty similar. Um, and I, and I, th- I feel like the foundation I built uh, from last offseason to this one helped me a, a lot because that was a big shift in a lot of things I was doing. And now it's more about just maintaining everything, uh, you know, a few improvements for sure uh, here and there and, and kind of just, you know, keep it simple. You feel like this team's ready to win the division? 
Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm excited. Like this clubhouse, I'm everyone's excited to be around each other. You know, there's already a buzz. I mean, just the fans here add into that. It's like fuel to the fire. But guys are excited to get back to Arizona and like, you know, compete again this year. And, and we all, you know, we follow the offseason really closely. We're looking at free agent signings and trades and things like that. How much attention do you pay to what your team is doing during these months? I wait for the headlines to come out. I'm not really into the rumors because I feel like that, you get really into the weeds with those. But, uh, you know, it's, it's it's cool to see how, how we're already building our team. And, and it's, you know, we're excited for whoever else we can welcome for sure. Uh, I'll go ahead. No, go ahead. We had the chance to... Uh, to meet Shota Imanaga yesterday and uh, and see a little bit of what he's like and get a, a sense for his personality. Have you had the chance to to talk to him, introduce yourself yet? Yeah, yeah, we've had the quick introductions and yeah, it seems like a great, nice guy. I mean, he's coming into this 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 fan fest and kind of like a into a you know a whirlwind basically, like you know flying in here and getting everything done with the, his contract. So I mean, props to him for being able to be here and and like you know make make everyone kind of get to know his personality. I think it's really awesome. This is a different event, isn't it? I mean, oh, like, yeah. I know other teams have something sometimes, yeah. but this this is different. Yeah. What's it like from a player's perspective coming in and seeing even just opening night? Oh, yeah. Oh, opening ceremonies, you feel like you're ready to go and, and pitch in a game after that kind of adrenaline <laughs> rush going on stage. Might be more, actually. But uh, no, it's I haven't seen anything like it. Um, and I think it's special that people come out here through the cold weather, you know, find, find their way with their, you know, snow boots and, and pack the place, man. It was cool. I love a good story that comes out. Every, you know, every year you're looking for a fun story that comes out in baseball. I think Mike Talkman was a great story last season. Uh, but the one I read, uh, I think it was Marquis, about the four-leaf clover with your mom in the hat. Okay, Ex explain that to people that haven't read the article. Explain that your mom gives you a four-leaf clover? How often? She just sends them in the mail. Like, it comes in with my fan mail. I have to make sure, okay, oh, there's one for mom. It's probably like five four leaf clovers that she like wrapped in there and she just keeps I'm, she's like looks for them and that's like when people ask her how do you find all these four leaf clovers she's like oh i just look for them I so these look are, she's, she's actual, finding these on the ground and, yeah she has this weird ability to like see the pattern she's been able to do this for like ever since she was young so it's kind of it blows people away that she can just go through a, a field and pick out like five like just like nothing She's like she's yeah. got Jedi powers or something for yeah, four leaf she clovers. Might, yeah, yeah, she might. <laughs> <laughs> she might. So obviously, I would assume you're a superstitious family. No, are, is she superstitious? And are you superstitious? I feel like that's got to be in our DNA at this point. Yeah. It's something, right? Like it's almost ingrained. But no, that's that's something I've done. I mean, she's always been like super superstitious. Like she will have to sit in a certain spot when I'm pitching, and if you know fall behind 3-0 she's gonna already you know she's gonna try to get ahead of it maybe change seats maybe take a lap she is just you know a wreck but you know it helps her kind of calm down i think knowing that i got a four-leaf clover up in there nice so do you have other superstitions that you follow like you know do you have to put the socks on one at a time or no i'm i wouldn't say superstition like that i'm, I'm super routine like i because I, I want to take all the that stuff out of it and like i if i know my routine it's it's more boring but it's like it keeps my brain in a good spot. Yeah. Any other guys on the team who have their own superstitions or, or little things like that that they do for each game? Oh, man. I feel like if I was around the starters, I feel like that's a group that usually they have these little ticks and these like superstitions. Um, maybe it's like the buildup of each game that they have to pitch where you're in the bullpen, you're just kind of praying every every game, you know, hey, let's hope, let's hope we get out of this one, you know. <laughs> so it's a little different mentality, but um, I can't think, honestly, any off the top, but I'm sure you'll get some good answers from firsthand accounts. 
See, now I think bullpen guys generally are a different breed, like you said, than starting pitchers. What about the idea of your mom? You know how like Ohio State, they put the little Buckeye on the helmet. You have a good game or what? If she's got this many four-leaf clovers, maybe she should be spreading the wealth with the rest oh. of the bullpen. Okay. You know, you know like Al's lie, good game. Here's your four-leaf four four clover, clover for the next yeah. game. We, we can, might be able to work something out. She, I mean, that's been her thing. I'm talking Little League. You know, she was handing all the kids out four-leaf clover. Everyone See? wanted one. So, hey, we might be on to something here. I like that yeah, idea. So. Spread the luck. I don't think I've ever found a four-leaf clover <laughs> I, ever in my life. I was going to say, some ever. people spend their whole lives looking for them and never yeah. find one. Crazy. But your mom just she's she's, she's a magnet for Did it. She, she plants them in your yard or like maybe there's yeah, maybe there's right? a little like this there's is going, going on. young. Yeah, <laughs> now now it's like starting to make sense here. Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> Kids yeah, don't yeah. watch this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Julian, this has been a lot of fun. And uh good luck this season, good health this season, and uh we'll see you in the playoffs. Oh yeah, I'll see you guys around. I appreciate you guys having me, man. A lot of fun. Thanks for coming. So what a what a weird like thing i just his mom just finds four leaf clovers on the ground like yeah i don't think i've ever seen one. i don't know that i've often looked for one but i've definitely never found one in person yeah i think this is a great interview for the casual fan for sure and I, even the diehards obviously like everyone that's here in the live chat but like barb was in the chat during this part of the interview, I'm pretty sure. And she was like, who is this guy? <laughs> and I'm like, this is one of the best relievers in the Cubs uh, bullpen this past season. And you got to see a little bit of his personality. And as Lucas said, after every one of these interviews that we've done or that you guys got to do at, at Cubs convention, like he just seems like a really nice dude. So yeah, easy to root for, I think. Yeah, I think and I think the, the Cubs are full of those kind of guys. Like, like mm -hmm. even just, the, you know, the guys we've had so far are some guys that you don't hear from often. Obviously, relievers you, you never hear from unless something bad happens, right? Like, that's mm -hmm. just kind of how it works. Um. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. But all the interviews we've had and, like, me being able to go, you know, in the clubhouse and talk to guys during the season, it's like, yeah, there are a lot of guys that good dudes that are easy to root for. And I th It goes back to what we talked about maybe last week about just – building the culture mm -hmm. for the Cubs and mm -hmm. and you don't want to you know pit, pigeonhole yourself or whatever the word is into like I only want to bring in really high quality uh, person people right like I'm not saying bring in a bunch of bad people but but like you can't say like I refuse to bring in anyone that might not be the friendliest guy just because you know they wouldn't whatever it is right like but part of the building that culture is bringing in guys that get along with the rest of the people in the clubhouse that make everyone want to play for each other. That's part of building that winning culture. And like, so Julian Merriweather, I think fits in there. He may not be the most outspoken guy, but clearly he has a, a fun personality, has good stories and, and fits in well with that, with a lot of the guys in that clubhouse, in my opinion. Anything, Corey? No, I mean, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, we need some of those guys to step up mm. in the pen, you know, next year. It's going to be interesting. I think. I think 
I know a lot of people are are down on the pen, and I I st- I still think they need to add at least one more veteran reliever. But this year, I think there's definitely higher upside with some of the guys coming into the bullpen that's internal, like a Luke Little. Like, uh, you know, I'm still high on Daniel Palencia, right? To go with some of the guys that are already established here, right? I think the bullpen really is in a better spot. It's just at the end of last year with the way that things played out, a lot of people are down on the bullpen because of how things played out. But there was a lot of injuries at the end of last year. There's a lot of guys who were overused last year. Mark Leiter Jr., a great example. So, again, like you guys were saying, with the way Craig Council manages a bullpen, I think that – there is definitely – that's probably, like to me, pro- the biggest thing for him. I've always said that as long as you can get a team to play it, play for you and you can manage a bullpen, that's all I really need out of the manager. In, well, and I think, opinion, like, so. on the bullpen, too, you know, again, they, they need to add more. They need more swing and miss. Like, we've said all these things. But I do think, at the very least, we can rip on them, as, as we did at the time and as we still do, that – we, we knew what was going to happen to that bullpen even when they got to the trade deadline and they didn't do enough to prevent yeah, it. Exactly. But going into this year, you have that knowledge now. So, of course, it was a bad experience last year. And again, something the front office deserves some blame for. Mm. But you have that knowledge. You now have the knowledge like, okay, do we know these guys can go game one to 162 in these high leverage roles? Do we know where some of these younger guys might be able to contribute, even if it's in a smaller role or a lower leverage role? You have more of that knowledge. So hopefully with one or two additional guys, you get some guys to take leaps in their careers, bring up some other guys. I think hopefully we do see a, a better and kind of like more productive bullpen the most important thing for the bullpen i I is what longevity you know you had they have got to be able to go from the beginning of the year to the end of the year they were not prepared for that last year and it cost them quite dearly Mm -hmm. and when you're in races that come down to a single game a couple games that's the type of thing that you have to be prepared for so if they are not prepared for it this time it's an even more egregious error than it was last year because you should have been prepared for it last year. You weren't. It bit you. And, you know, we're late in the off season here, but there's a lot of people unsigned. There's a lot of roles that are undefined. They have got to be better prepared for that yeah. through you, this season. And how do you how do you learn from what transpired last year? How yeah. do you how do you learn from you know, maybe <laughs> you know, mistake mistake might be the word, right? Like I I do learn from the mistake of not addressing the bullpen, um, you know, preseason. I, I think the I think what they did in the preseason had much more of an impact on the bullpen overall than um, you know the the trade deadline just because of the the money stuff and staying under the tax, whatever. But like, had they addressed it better um, in the preseason, you know, you're not worried about the trade deadline at that point. Maybe, maybe Quas is enough, right? So um, it's all about how you how do you learn. Um, from building the bullpen over a six and having it last over a six month period that that's what they need to learn from yeah I mean if Stanek becomes a cub this weekend or tomorrow before you guys do your show I think that's a solid addition based off what I've seen on Fangraphs I haven't gone and watched any tape of him but he's basically what I'm saying that they've been needing to get so we'll see how that plays out yeah, um, but more options, more yeah. depth, right? And 
I think someone said it above in the chat, like, you know, of course, the circumstance, they ended up fighting for their life toward mm -hmm. the end of July and yeah, tough Brady things to prepare that, yeah. for. But that's what I mean. Like, you know, now you go into this season and, you know, guys grow, guys change, but you do have at least the thought like, hey, like oh, this might happen. Can Adbert Alzali pitch, you know, close five games a week? Because you're probably with the way everything's stacking up, you're probably going to be in a bunch of close games again. Like they haven't done enough to sort of separate themselves yeah. out in that way. You know, and you're you're prepared for po that possibility, or you know, can we ask these guys to go over their career innings limit again, et cetera, et cetera? So, yeah. um, I did. As we're wrapping up, I do have an interesting trivia question. We'll see if the chat Ooh. or you guys can answer it. Um, okay. Saw it on Twitter, and it was a list of the active player, active player, okay, who mm -hmm. has the most home runs against every team in the league. So my question to you is, who is the active player who has the most home runs in their career against the Chicago Cubs? Who is the biggest? Uh, I, would, I would say at this point, it's Joey Votto. Damn, that was what I was going to say. Is it Joey Votto? Well, I was going to let the chat guess a little bit, but it is Joey Votto. <laughs> okay. oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, um, 50. I would, and I, I believe if I'm looking at this list correctly, it is the most home runs against any single team. No one on this list has yeah. more than 50 against any single team. Jo Joey Votto destroys. So it is Joey Votto. He's, he's he destroys sucks. the Cubs. Anthony Rizzo is the leader, active leader against the Reds. There you go. For what that's well, worth. I was going to say Hap. I was gonna, Hap might be on there because it feels like he hits oh, a home yeah. run every yeah. time he faces him. Rizzo yeah. also the answer for the Pirates. Joey Votto also the answer for the Brewers. Okay. Which isn't a surprise. I mean, if you were the active player, you're, it's going to be the same for uh, <laughs> First ball divisions. Favor? Yeah, I guess technically, well, Votto isn't on a team, right? But he hasn't retired. He hasn't retired. He's no, technically he's active. active. He's yeah. technically active. Well, we didn't talk about this yesterday, and I know we need to get out of here, but Ben Zobris next year, he will be officially mm -hmm. on the ballot for the Hall of Fame. And I don't care what anyone says. I say he should just go in. <laughs> Bias alone says it. Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. He won't. He won't. He won't. But he won't. He but he, he's, he's one of those players that I think – his value and how well he played his role. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I, I don't think that makes him a hall of famer yeah. in, in my eyes, the hall of fame would look very different than it actually does. Sure. It would be like the absolute, like 1% of yeah. baseball players. But yeah, like when you think about it, it was it's 500 home runs, 3000 hits. Yeah. I mean, like wins, crazy like, threshold to get in there, like, but he was not good at the that. same time. Like I, with the way that the voting goes now, like Ben Zobris for who he was, the role he played, especially on, you know, multiple teams that went to or won the world series. He's a very unique mm -hmm. player in that two world series. Yeah. Uh, world went series to the world MVP. series with the Rays too. Yeah. Right. So you've yeah. been to multiple world series with three different teams yeah, so like Brady says in our, our YouTube chat, like kind of changing the game as a utility okay. guy and, and doing that for multiple World Series winning yeah. teams, playing several different positions while he's doing it. like Being one, uh, of, the better, know, one of the better professional hitters in baseball. He's an interesting guy because if you just look oh. at his like stats, mm -hmm. you, wouldn't think, you wouldn't think so. But if you consider like the role and mm -hmm. how significant the role he played on some of the most significant teams in yeah. recent MLB history... Very interesting. Yeah. All I know is that if he does go in one day, I don't know how you don't put a Cubs hat on him. I know he played more years with the Rays, but like more people in the world That's are going to remember question. him as a Cub. Hmm. Well, you know, I don't know if he'll make the Hall of Fame, but 
he'll make the CHGO Sports Hall of Fame. There you go. There That's you go. the best Hall of Fame. It actually has credibility, all right? <laughs> actually, it has credibility, and we don't care about all your bad decisions that you might have made, all right? We love all of you as long as you like us, right? That's how we feel about all the sure. listeners in the chat. Sure. All right? Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Uh, Corey and Brennan got a show tomorrow. Will it be live? I don't think so. No. Doubtful. All right? Sorry, Barb. I, I, Brendan has to work in the Brendan has to work. That's why they don't so, go live. Sorry. He's too he's too busy. Um, it's not surfing, it has nothing, apparently according to Barb. It has nothing to do with Sarah. So. Yeah, it really has nothing to do. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd love to help you guys, but you guys well, have your own schedule. Well, in the chat, they were saying and... your fee is too high. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know. So My fee went up Only after this Luke year has too. the money for <laughs> yeah. Sarah to produce live. So. Yeah, and then Barb said that uh, Corey and Brennan need to pony up and pay Sarah. <laughs> so... There I'll take go. it. What an incredible! I'll I give up. I, I, I give all my money to Tom Ricketts, so I, uh, I don't have any. True. Don't, you're uh. triggering Godfather. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks for everyone hanging out today. Hit the like button on your way out. Hit the subscribe button if you're new. Tell your friends about us because when the Cubs fix this roster and become a 90-plus win projected team, we're gonna ride a roller coaster that we'll never forget. I'm just manifesting it the mo- the best way I possibly can. All right. Um, so again, appreciate you all for being here. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast. I'll see you next week. You'll see Corey and Brennan tomorrow. Bye. We all city like the mayor. 